swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads Bandits are catacombs and giant doors Protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ores. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls Simon's quest with Tolan Earl Rock shoes to Everclue Keeps the eggs and gaming news The POTUS needs some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot All shit a game in English Control no shows Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download and subscribe to it. Ready, review it, five stars all around. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash pod if you want to see gameplay videos that we provide for your viewing pleasure and hop on over to x <laughs> at my control issues x, is the x, handle. X. <laughs> my control issues put that at sign in the beginning i'm sure you know how to use it if you're over there and if you don't know how to use it and you're over there you're gonna have a bad time so amc how you living I like how it's like X, but like you still go to like Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah. You still go to Twitter.com. The phone still has the bird icon. <laughs> well, no, mine has the X now. Uh, um, yeah. I, so maybe I should maybe I should just take my phone offline and sell it like I still have the, <laughs> yeah, the old Twitter icon. <laughs> oh man. Maybe yeah, it's anyways. Worth something. yeah. Anyways, yeah, I've been good, been good. My week's been well. Um doing back-to-back weeks so you know we're in a good place back nobody, back. <laughs> nobody has surgery nobody nobody has covid <laughs> everybody's good to go so uh yeah um that's good everything's great get my workouts in playing my stardew hanging out with my kids going on treasure hunts doing, hanging out with my kids doing the damn thing uh how about you ben how, how's your week been uh, not too bad. Just getting my work done, getting that that workout routine back in effect. Starting to starting to feel the effects. It's a little slow going because I'm still kind of part time, but you know what? It's coming together. Uh, also paid off my car, so that's huge. Congratulations! I'm very excited about that. And I did something that uh one of my my college instructors said to do he was like yeah when you pay your car off like pay an extra dollar and it didn't make sense at first and then he explained it and i was like oh that makes sense but basically what it means is somebody's going to check that account and they're going to be sure that it's paid off and then send you your refund <laughs> so you get your money back anyway and you know that somebody like i went on the thing it said account terminated so just waiting for the the legendary hit to my credit score but we'll see it doesn't really matter it'll go back up whatever i lose i get back wait so, so what's the what's the purpose of it purpose of what of doing paying the extra buck so you just you force them to have somebody check your account and make sure it's accurate instead of you know how some people talk about yeah i made my final payment and then they repossess my car or like i got a bunch oh, of interest okay. fees and, you know, they, they weren't sure so <laughs> i got i got the emails like yeah uh your account we're gonna refund you one dollar and one cent 
It's like, yeah, that's right. And they say the accounting team is, and what happens if they don't give you that dollar? <laughs> then they owe me a new whip. <laughs> Might be like, do, do you reach out to them for that dollar? <laughs> nah, I, I would just charge that to the game and uh, okay. <laughs> let them let them build their empire off that little one, one they stole from one of their customers. Yeah, but, okay. but whatever. So no okay. did that. Still working on my French omelet game. Like I've got. I've got the mix down. I'm getting right in the sweet spot with the heat. My technique is there. I got the dismount on point. You know, just got to make sure it's it's smooth and uniform and has no cracks in it. Flavor, unbelievable. Like, I'd buy my omelet at this point. So just got to figure out how to make it look pretty, how to make it look perfect, possibly. And now I'm going to look up, like, recipes or things that every chef should know how to cook. And I'll just see if I can work my way through something like that so at least i have some staples and some you know some tasty treats i could just pull it out step in the kitchen like oh you got some cumin oh you got some parsnips oh, we could do something here <laughs> i'm looking forward to that uh anything else uh insofar as my personal life no man just i'm looking forward to the months from here going forward where i just have hundreds of dollars back in my pocket. <laughs> man, I've been waiting for the day when I would finally have my car paid off. And like, I was almost there with my last car and then it got totaled and then it put me all the way back in this cycle with the new car. And, but the new cars were real good to me. I've been good to it. And yeah, our relationship remains strong. The vehicle remains strong. Gotta go get it washed after the show. Yeah, just hoping it can hold on for a few more years. It just give me those those payment free months when I can really like start to finish furnishing this place and you know going out having fun, going places, traveling, going somewhere. So we'll we'll see where it is. Fuck yeah! Well, you know we talked about life, so now we gotta get into the pleasure that life affords us. So what you been gaming on, Adam? Uh, a little less Diablo Four, and by a little I mean a lot, because I pretty much I'm pretty much just chilling until the 1.1.1 patch that's coming out on the eighth. So probably the day after you guys hear this show, depending on when you decide to listen to it. But yeah, they got a bunch of fixes coming down. They're they're actually tweaking every class, and it looks like a pretty pretty favorable tweaks all around. But the the main draw are the changes that are going to be made to the Barbarian and the Sorcerer. So they're going to be buffing the Sorcerer so she has a bit more survivability. That was She's, a, un, she's unplayable. Unplayable. <laughs> and then a the guy posted a video of him taking out the highest Nightmare Dungeon with the Sorcerer. So it's like... it's the, <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. Or yeah. something of that nature. But yeah, so those changes are coming and that, that's the first step along the the journey of a thousand miles for Blizzard <laughs> getting the community back into something resembling good graces. Um, so yeah, yeah, chilled on that because I got, um, I did all the tiers in the battle pass. I'm in chapter six of seven of the season journey, but season ends in October. I have time. Uh, you're going to say something? Nah, keep going. Nah. And then, yeah. So that was like 10 minutes ago. So. <laughs> yeah. <just keep> going. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, put Diablo down. I mean, absolutely love it. Looking forward to this patch, and then you know, probably play some more. See if I can close out the first season journey as well. However, there's just so many games coming, and 
surprise games that you don't think that you're going to get. And when you get them, you don't think that you're going to enjoy them as much as you do. And then when you enjoy them as much as you do, you're wondering why you were sleeping. Uh, that game for me this year would be Remnant 2. And at first, you know, I saw it. It looked cool. I didn't know much about the video game, which helped fuel my my neglect. But didn't know much about the video game and didn't really care to look into it. I saw people were playing the original. They had cool things to say about it. You know, people whose opinion I trust. And, you know, they weren't over the moon about it like they usually are when they really like something. But Remnant 2 comes along and just key voices that I pay attention to online were just like, this game is, is incredible. It's lit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. So, you know, just sat there thinking about it, trying to justify the expense. I want to be on a on a spending freeze until, what's its face? Starfield comes out. Well, a spending freeze until Armor Core 6 because I'll have to buy that, but that's budgeted. And yeah, I was I was like, whatever. It's you know, you have the money, just go for it. And then get on there. And much to my pleasant surprise, game's only 50 bucks. I was like, okay, so we're about to get in this. It's 50 bucks. That's much easier to swallow. Fire up the game, immediately just getting my ass kicked. <laughs> it was like Holy shit. I don't uh, initial impressions like it's pretty cool. I can see the influences. It looks a lot like a uncharted meets returnal kind of thing. And it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily take the best elements of those two games, but somehow takes those inspirations and makes something unique and quality out of it. So but yeah, getting my ass kicked. And then just over time, as I get further into the game, as I get more accustomed with the mechanics and learning more about everything that's happening, making it further into the story, opening up additional things that are going to help me along the way. It was just, it all just started coming together into this, this beautiful form. <laughs> it's so hard to describe, but the game is awesome. So what goes on is that, you know, you touch these red crystals and they take you to other worlds. And those worlds are made of handcrafted content that's stitched together procedurally. Uh, you can you can go through the story of a given world and then somebody else will go through a different version of that story. Then you can actually re-roll either your campaign or the world itself in the game's adventure mode to go through it and experience parts of it that you didn't get on the first try so you can go back into the world and it'll be a bunch of different stories like because there's usually in a given world there's the main quest and then there are areas where there are side quests and it's just like this area is a side quest you need to clear it and deal with that so you're running you're running through the main world you go to these little offshoots, you do the side quest, you come back to the main world, you got new loot, you got new stats, you got more items, you got more options, you got more crafting materials that you can make stuff that's going to help you along the way. I mean, this game, it, it, it's awesome. It's, and, you know, I say the procedural generation, but it it starts and stops with the game world and that crafted content that they put within it. Because um, the loot, like, it's not randomized loot. You're not going to get, you know, pistol the pistol 
fire and, and infernal pistol and it's just all just variations of the pistol with different rarity tiers and such no you get the pistol and that's the pistol for the game upgraded and it's like that like every weapon is one off every weapon either comes with a modification on it or you can add one yourself and these modifications basically put a skill on the weapon so you know think weapon arts like in elden ring so you get that and then you also have your melee weapon and you can put a mod on that. Then all your weapons can have what are called mutators, which add yet more passive functionality to it that helps, you know, reinforce whatever you're trying to go with on that particular weapon. Like I have a, I have an AK and I got an extended clip. That's my mutator. Then I can level up the mutator and the mutator gets another ability where it's like every time you have a full clip and it does something. <laughs> it's just stats. Not not necessarily stats on stats. There's actually not a lot of stats to the game, but it's just a lot of different effects that you can try to put together and synergize and, you know, enhance your build. Speaking of, you know, you have different classes that do all sorts of different things like the gunslinger or the challenger or the handler, which I chose because it comes with a dog. Got the dog companion out there fighting, letting you know where enemies are, healing you. <laughs> bringing you back when you when you get one-shotted by a boss out of nowhere and man i could go on and on about remnant it's it really took me by surprise i think i'm most of the way through the story now um also what you can do is you can run a campaign and adventure mode simultaneously and switch between the two modes so say you get stuck in the campaign or you just want to go you know get some loot experience some stuff you might have missed then you go into your adventure mode side and you start doing that in the world you come back to your campaign push the story it's this like anywhere you need to push out and do something different or you need some kind of functionality or quality of life this game has accommodated and it's just with the visuals the performance the rock solid gameplay it's 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 one of those rare games where it feels like it's made specifically for you. So that's what Remnant 2 is to me right now. And honestly, I got to say, it's out of nowhere, it's come up to be what I feel is my personal game of the year so far. You're still young. Well, not as young, but, you know, there's still some months left. There's still some big games coming. But right now, for me, Remnant is a surprise hit and a front runner. Um... I got one of the PS Plus games, which is a game I already own, and I'm not going to spoil that because we're going to talk about it later in the show. So AMC, well, why are we going to talk about it later in the show? Is it doing? Oh, well? we already talked about it. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I added Death's Door to my life. Yeah. <laughs> but AMC, what have you been playing? Running old stories. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes we skip a week, and I forget the weeks we skip. <laughs> when the last week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah um so yeah let's see um it's all one game and that is Stardew Valley all day Ooh. every day yeah so uh this week pushing forward and it's funny is it feels like in game content but I don't really know if I don't even know if there's even a such thing as in game <laughs> in uh, Stardew Valley the beginning like, of the game is in game yeah like it's uh if anything we've we've kind of looked at it as when we hit the perfectionist like point where we've done everything and it's like marked us down hundred percent and Mr. Quee's computer, then we will know that we will have completed the game. So that's, that's our view of end game content. But um, yeah, so 
well, let me let this cat out. Give me a second. He's, he's, he's getting ready to be out. Yeah, so pretty much what we're working towards is getting that completionist route. So everything we're doing right now is kind of in service of that. But even then, we've kind of just decided we're not going to, you know, mainline the perfectionist route. Like, if anything, our goal at this point is to just, um, you know, enjoy the game, enjoy the farming. We're trying to increase our profitability. So with that, we're basically working to, um, fuck, give me just a second fucking headphone all right my headphones are bugging out all right um back at it so yeah we've been playing that we've been increasing our profitability through our farming which means that we're now focusing on you know the crops that take the least amount of time and produce the most and also there's a difference between some crops are they're recurring so say you plant it once you pluck it the vine is still there the crop will just keep coming whereas other ones you plant them they grow they mature you pluck them and then you got to replant them and all that stuff so it's just a matter of like how much time is put in how much time is effort is putting into cultivating that crop so we've kind of identified the few that are like the best with that and we've been you know just trying to maximize those profits on top of that we have the ginger island which is it's the um it was it's an island that was added into the game after the game had launched. So like, maybe I have no idea when, but you know, they just keep updating this game. So who knows when these updates came before you started playing, but yeah, we've been going to your Island, which is, um, this is like this new area where you, you can set up a resort and all this other stuff, but there it's, um, the Island never changes seasons. So you don't have to worry about seasonal, uh, crops. And so because of that, we've now been able to really focus on our cooking because a lot of the, um, a lot of the ingredients are dependent on the season. And so I'll be like, oh, I want to make this thing. And be like, oh, you can only grow that in spring. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> but now that we have Ginger Island, we can grow those spring crops year round. We can grow those winter crops year round. We can grow those summer crops year round. So um, yeah, because of that, we've been taking full advantage. There's also been another cool thing that happened when we got to the base um, on Ginger Island. You get these extra challenges that are... Um, they're basically just souped up difficulty is, is a way to look at it. And um, it takes like old stuff. So like there are the mines that you go into early in the game. Well, if you, uh, one of the challenges within there is you have to work your way to the bottom of the mines all over again. But this time um, the enemies are a lot tougher. But what's cool about that is not only did they make the enemies tougher. So just, you know, add a little extra difficulty, but now there's uh, minerals in there that, had never existed within the game so now i'm getting like radioactive ore <laughs> things like that um that i'm finding in the mine so it's uh the how marissa and i have kind of attacked this game is she's focused a lot on a lot of like setting up the farm as far as like the design of like the layout of which crops grow where um and you know when they come in and when we're going to cultivate them and then i've been focusing mainly on the mines when i have time to and in the mines that's where you go you fight you get your ore but you have to also fight these enemies and combat's like not not really marissa's like forte so mm -hmm. it's it's something that works out perfect as far as like synchronizing i'm like oh got a new area i'm gonna go in there clear that out while you do this and um yeah so it's there's something there for both of us in the game and we've been enjoying it. Like I, I say it's like, it's crazy. Like one gaming has been awesome just for like my relationship in general, but Stardew Valley is just taking it to a whole new level because it's just, it's just something that there's always something to plan for. And so it's just, we'll, we'll finish playing the game. Then we start planning for like when we're going to play tomorrow. All right. So tomorrow, 
yet we got to do X, Y, and Z when we start up. Um, and then, you know, in between the play sessions, we're then discussing the game. We're like taking screenshots. Marissa has like a book, which is funny because she's kept all her notes from like uh, when we started the game, like she's made a book out of it. And yeah, what's great is that we can go back to, you know, previous parts of like the book, which are basically like when we got to like year three, spring what was going on year th- versus year year four spring what was going on and it's like in turn it's become a farmer's almanac because we now know like what crops we were focusing on it, yeah like yeah like what crops we were focusing on uh how much we made during that time things like that and so it's it's great it's like uh it's a game that if you want to take it seriously can become like basically like a life sim, which is absolutely awesome. Um, Cause I've, I've played like other sim games in the past and you know, they're good. Um, but like, you know, I eventually like fall off of them, but like this one has just been one where it's, it's stuck. It's caught on in a way where it's just like, we look forward to like playing it all the time. It's like the leader in a lot of our discussion. I always joke with you. I'm not watching any shows or movies right now because it's pretty much the only thing that we do. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, even outside of like playing with the kids and shit, but like when we're, when we're, yeah, when we're alone, it's the thing that we focus on and it's absolutely awesome. And so, yeah, like I can't get enough of, uh, Stardew Valley. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a game. I have no idea when we'll finish. It's, we joked about, like not joked. We had actually like talked about like, yeah, we'll finish around year five. Now it's like, who knows? We might hit year 10 <laughs> if, if the way at the route this is going, because we're having so much fun just not only focusing on completionists, but just now, like, I didn't know you could put hats on, on our horses. And so I, I, I went to the hat shop and bought up all the hats. All the hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just was like playing around with different hats on my horse and like on myself and things like that. Um, we've also been, you can add, um, rooms onto your house and so we've been like discussing like all right so like we'll make this the study we're gonna move the kids room over here we're gonna make this room like the blacksmith area um and then we're, we have uh we got a fish tank where we can put like the fish that we catch in the fish tank and they actually like swim around in it and do shit <laughs> like so like we got that going on we we're considering so the game you know the game is hell gamified at the beginning so it's like when you the layout of the house is when you walk in, you see your kitchen, and then to the right is literally your bed. Um, and that's because, like, the way the game works is that when you hit 2 p.m., your character immediately falls asleep. So they they figured, like, the first thing you want to do when you get in your house is immediately get to the bed because a lot of people are coming home, like, right at, like, 1.50 <laughs> to, like, go to bed. And so they might not make it to bed, so you want to have your bed as close to the door as possible. But at this point, we, it doesn't really matter to us if we end up not making it to the bed, if we don't plan ahead like that. And so I was like, you know, we should probably move the master, the, the bed to like a master bedroom just because that will then, you know, add its own level of creativity of how we would, you know, decorate a master bedroom as opposed to uh, having the master bedroom in the living room, which is how the game is kind of set up right now. So it's like we're just playing around with that. And so it's just that that level of design as far as like um how you want it to look visually uh is enough there to just keep your interest going um we've like looked at other like we've now gotten into like looking at other people's um farms and you know their situations these are people who are like on people are on like year 10 or like on like their their 10th farm and so they're just like completely just you know gaming the system as much as possible as far as like how they set up the design like they have their 
their house like set up as flowers with like a rainbow array of flowers <laughs> in their design like it's there crazy like how much like thought goes into you know just this one game from like uh i guess content creators and it, it's awesome just to see because you do that like when we were looking up tips a lot of people were suggesting like hey look at other people's farms uh and then you get kind of an idea of you get design ideas but then also you get an idea of what is capable within the game because there's just a lot of stuff where you don't really think about it like oh yeah i can totally just do that and then i won't have to do this anymore so an example of that is we got they had uh, retaining soil in the game. The lower levels of retaining soil is it basically gives you like a, a certain percentage chance that the soil stays wet overnight and that the plant stays wet overnight. So you don't have to water it the next day. Well, we got to the point where we have a deluxe uh, retaining soil. And so with that, I don't, we can water it once and never have to water it again. And so <laughs> because of that, like, yeah, like I, I set up all my coffee plants. So now like I, I never have to water them and I have a lot of them because you need, Basically, you need five coffee beans to make one coffee, and then you need three coffees to make an espresso. And then when you get the uh -huh. espresso, your character is like uh, sped up in their in their walk, and so uh, they have a faster walk. And so, basically, I wanted you to get to a point. Jitters. Yeah, so I just wanted Screen to get to the point. Started shaking. I know. It's like oh, I need it. He like needs a cigarette too. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to get to a point where I'm just always drinking espresso and just moving at super speed. Um, and so because of that, I have a whole coffee room set up. On top of that, like, so then we started to design it. Like, um, we have like we have a table. We have coffee on it. We can sit at the table, hang out in the room. It's like a whole thing. But yeah, with the deluxe retaining soil, something I didn't know about, but we learned in the tips from watching other people. It now makes like that thing now. It's, it's no longer a task that you have to do every day so you can then focus on other areas of the map because it becomes definitely a point where your your farm is scaled up so much that like you could literally spend your entire day there if you don't have it more automated and so there are just ways to automate certain processes so that you can then still continue to build up your relationships with other characters and explore the map so yeah it's uh it's it's insane how much there is in this game and even at a point where I thought we were like, okay, we're like at the end game content, not much to do. We're still finding all these new things. They have a big board with even more challenges outside of Mr. Quee's base. Um, and through that, we get unique items that you can't get anywhere else in the game. So there's still a lot of equipment that we can unlock that, uh, that will help us along the way. And um, yeah, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. I absolutely love Stardew Valley. Yes. <laughs> but a dub, let's get into these topics of the week. Topics of the week. You want to lead off a dub? What you got? All right, I'll start with a nice and easy one right over the plate. Uh, we got some news from EA and Respawn. Apparently, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is in the early stages of development for PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't your your troll of the week. <laughs> you told me what what you decided was going to be your troll of the week. I was like, wow, this wasn't the troll of the week. All right, interesting. <laughs> okay, but yeah, keep it going, Adub. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so was was Survivor a last gen game? Technically, <laughs> that's what people were trying to allege online that I've seen. It, this is one of the few times I've ever seen a game like cross gen, but in reverse. <laughs> It's kind of weird where we have it on there. But you know what? You would feel that people would prefer that because, you know, you get 
you get the, all the bells and whistles on your current gen console and then you know the the remaining peasants can have the remains <laughs> so let me just get to the news part of it announced today during ea's earnings call the publisher revealed that respawn is in the early stages of development to bring jedi survivor to last gen consoles it's not abandoning the current gen version uh, additional performance improvements for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S remain a top priority at Respawn, and the team will share more information as soon as the next update is ready. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it is kind of weird. Like, oh, you just going to leave us? Go get that extra money on the back end? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. It needs to have better performance. If that performance mode was just a little bit closer... <laughs> to keeping a at least a stable frame rate let alone get closer to 60 like that game i'm telling you a lot of people got hung up on the issues and i think they cheated themselves you know, you know folks are a lot more sensitive to that kind of stuff these days star wars jedi survivor it, one of the best games of the year i thoroughly enjoyed it i would love to go back to it you know i'll just wait for another big patch or two amc you think, do you think the game's going to run better if you get the last-gen version and run it on the PS5? I love, like, when, you know, when they were talking about Jedi Survivor, when it was first coming out there, like, <laughs> the quote the quote that was pulled was, we're hoping to achieve a true new-gen experience with Jedi Survivor. <laughs> and, then it, and then months later, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to put it on old hardware. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I, I have no problem with this, obviously. Um, more people that can play it, the better. I'm I'm not one of those people that's like, a game comes out, if you can play it on an old console, that means it's now like, one, a last-gen game, but two, it was held back seemingly by the old hardware. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it also shows, too, once again, like, you know, when, when people talk about like, like, oh, like, certain hardware is holding certain things back. It's like, nah, if they want to put time into developing it, they could put it out on <laughs> on an older, weaker console if they really wanted to. It's just a Yeah, they never said they never <laughs> said it was only possible on these consoles. Yeah, yeah. But like in general in the past, like you know, the stories with like the Series S and things like that, or even the Switch. It's like, oh, it's holding it back. It's like, yeah, if they want to put it if they really want it on those, they will take their time and put it on those. It's just it costs money. And so are they going to allocate those resources towards it? And you see there's a big enough market or a big enough console base with the PS4 and Xbox One that EA is like, yeah, we're going to maximize our profits from this game and we're going to figure out how to get it on those consoles. Um, so, yeah, I have no problem with this. It's pretty much the same the same reason why Sony said we believe in generations, but also said we're going to put games out cross-gen. Um, there's too much money to be made to leave on the table uh, just for, you know, just for something that people have decided, like, you know, this is this is a true next gen experience and that not being the case. So, yeah, I I I'm totally riding with this one, I guess. But uh, it, this is a funny story when I saw it, just because, you know, there's always something that comes out. I think it was like, Resident Evil 4. It came out and then after launch, they put in microtransactions and then people yeah. people try uh. to get retroactively upset about it. <laughs> but it was like too late <laughs> at that point. Like, no, you love the game, and now these things are here that don't change the way that the game plays at all. <laughs> yeah, nothing has changed, exactly. And so it's like one of those things, if Jedi Survivor, at launch, they announced that, if they had announced that they were going to put out a, a cross-gen version of the game, people would have said, oh, it's held back. But the it's fact that, like, back. yeah, the fact that it came out, it got a couple months out in the market, and then they announced it, 
what can you do about it? <laughs> I would hardly consider it being held back if it shipped with performance issues like it did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if it was held back, then it would have been a game that would have been capable of doing a stable 60. Yeah. Well, it also just shows that, you know, a stronger console or stronger hardware doesn't necessarily dictate how well a game is going to run. A lot of that does come down to development. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so just throwing power at it doesn't fix the issue. It's uh, it's it's you know just developing a game right, and so that's that's just how it works. But people just look at it. It's like, oh well, it's it's on my PS5 or my Series X. That means it's got to run perfect, right? <laughs> it's like, nah, nah. It's not. It has nothing to do with that. So troll number one says, sounds <laughs> like a bad idea. They really need to leave the Xbox One and the PS4 alone for three plus years until this generation. Time to move on, but the new systems will never see their full potential. <laughs> never. Never see their full potential. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's not like they're not getting their own exclusives and content exclusive for this generation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But because Jedi Survivor does it, no. It's just, they can't even get it to run properly on current gen consoles. LOL. Troll number two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, troll number three, I understand the install base, but let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and a bonus troll, what a waste of time and resources. Are they that desperate to squeeze the tit until it falls off? <laughs> it falls uh, off. Yes. Uh, that's good. But AMC, let's get to the next topic of the week. Top topic of the, of the week. week. Oh, well, we, we finally got it. I mean, it seems like ever since NPD merged with that other group and then formed Circana, like they've just been, you know, just behind the ball on their releases. Um, so, yeah, we now have the best selling games of June in the month June, of August. June, June. In the month of August. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah, they used to be like it would be in July, you would get the June. <laughs> it just it would it worked like like clockwork. Yeah. And then now it's like it's it's now taking like two months to like get that reporting out. So maybe they're just, you know, they're working out the process of uh, how they collect data. Maybe it's even more accurate and that's why it's taking longer. Who knows? But it's interesting yeah. that like we're just getting the June here. But I'm not going to knock them for it. Actually, you know what, A-Dub? Let's take a quick break before we hop into this. All right. So the June 2023 best-selling games in the United States, A-Dub, number one. Oh, it's a a controversial game, but it's a good game, A-Dub. And it's a new one. That being Diablo 4, 4, 4. Yeah, debuting launch month, showing up strong the first Showing up in the number one spot, we'll have more on its overall sales for the year numbers. Number two, Final Fantasy 16. No surprise there. Also selling well. And number three, Street Fighter 6. So all new titles for the month, all showing up strong, selling well. And uh, we'll have a little more detail on Street Fighter 6. Number four, falling from the number one spot to the number fourth spot. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Number five, still selling well, was in the number two spot. Now into number five, Hogwarts Legacy. Six, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Seven, Jedi Survivor. Maybe it'll be a little boost for that that last gen. Uh, Eight, MLB The Show 2023. Number nine, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Ten, Marvel Spider-Man. Eleven, FIFA 23. Twelve, Mario Kart 8. 13, Dead Island 2, 14, Minecraft 15. We got a new one, F1 2023. 
16 Elden Ring, 17, we got another new one, Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, 18, God of War Ragnarok, 19, Resident Evil 4, and 20, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Not bad, not bad. Um, let's see, as far as Street Fighter 6, Street Fighter 6 has more than doubled those of Street Fighter 5 in sales <laughs> in its launch month. Uh, Street Fighter 6 enjoyed the highest launch month dollar sales for a head-to-head fighting game since the April 2019 launch of Mortal Kombat 11. So yeah, going multi-platform, maybe adding in the campaign makes a difference, but we're seeing good sales for Street Fighter 6 so far. So looking forward to that and maybe yeah, a boost. Good things about it online. That's great. And we got tech People loving it. This is this is live service done right. <laughs> exactly, exactly as I predicted. People poo-pooing the Sony with the live service games. And it's like as soon as they put out one you like or one that's done so well that it just gets over your nonsense aversion to the whole business model <laughs> then people are going to be all over here yeah, this is it done right this is what you're supposed to do it's like yeah and now they got you so just like i told you y'all don't, y'all don't really care about that <laughs> <laughs> the game just got to be good y'all want to blame everything you don't like for why a game isn't good when game, sometimes a game just isn't good it doesn't matter if it's live service or not a bad game is a bad game and once those good live service games come, it's over for you. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting you. All right. Uh, let's see. We have the best selling games of the year so far for 2023. Number one, Hogwarts Legacy. Two, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Three, in its debut month, a dub, Diablo 4. Yes. Four. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, 5, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, 6, Resident Evil 4, 7, MLB The Show, 2023, 8, Dead Island 2, 9, in its debut month, Final Fantasy 16. So we just see the difference there. Mm-hmm. Even though Final Fantasy was number 2 for the month, it's number 9 for the year, and Diablo is number 3. So there's definitely a, a, a big difference in number one and number two as far as mm-hmm. this goes. Uh, and then in 10, Street Fighter VI in its debut month, cracking the top 10. Um, we're going to rattle off these last couple for the year. 11, FIFA 23, 12, Dead Space, 13, Madden NFL 23, 14, Elden Ring, Mario Kart 8, Last of Us Part 1, Minecraft, God of War Ragnarok, Pokemon Scarlet Violet, and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. And then uh, for the month, PlayStation 5 was the best-selling hardware platform in both dollar and units sold And for the month of June. And consumer spending on PlayStation hardware reached its highest June total since 2008, while unit sales were the highest achieved since June 2010. So PlayStation, Sony gets those consoles out there. People start showing up strong and buying them, flying off the racks. Uh, absolutely awesome. Um, I guess uh, you could pull from anywhere, but what do you think about, you know, we've we've discussed weeks on end about, you know, the criticism of Diablo, but you can't deny the sales of Diablo. So no. Yeah. Nice. So what, what do you what do you think's the disconnect there? <laughs> the disconnect there is the same disconnect there always is. People online really give themselves a bit too much credit for like when they when they get that hive mind going, it's like, see, everybody agrees. The game's terrible. Like the game has over 6 million active users. I think hundreds of thousands 
of concurrent users on any given day. Diablo 4 is not going anywhere. Blizzard needs to learn their lessons. Okay, they'll they'll learn it when they're done spending the money. <laughs> I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's about where that timeline goes. But, I mean, yeah, the game has problems. The game is still fantastic. It's still a very well-made piece of entertainment. It's rolling right out the gates at a level that Diablo 3 took a decade to get to. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, another highly anticipated game, despite the rumblings and the criticisms of E-Single digging the hell out of it. And it's selling, it's moving its numbers. I think what Final Fantasy did, 3 million in its first week. So, you know, people are showing up, lovingly referring to it as what the game of, uh, what is it, Final Fantasy of Thrones <laughs> or Game <laughs> of Fantasy. <laughs> so, yes. The, the criticisms are one thing. I'm sure maybe that'll be felt out more in award season when it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to give this an award, but it's too many cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's... It, it, times are changing. Games got to change. Like, things can't keep being the same all the time or they just won't be relevant anymore and they won't be around. Things have to grow and change, you know, Diablo going live service wasn't necessarily the best thing, not necessarily, you know, beneficial to the audience in total, but there's a give and a take there. The game is what it is, and it works beautifully, like for me anyway. Yeah, oh, the resistances are busted. Okay, well, go hard on your armor. <laughs> like, build something else up, compensate for that shortcoming. It's not like, the middle of the game is missing or like, you know, the the final boss is unbeatable. It's still a very solid game. People are having a great time with it. I'm on my third class with it. Several people I know like have every class in in Eternal Realm, every class in Seasonal Realm. And yeah, man. But the numbers always prove what's going on. These games are moving. They're moving more than Tears of the Kingdom at this moment, but you know, Tears of the Kingdom sold pretty much every copy <laughs> ever made in like that first week or so. Yeah. So also, first also multi-platform versus oh yeah. first party. <laughs> <laughs> More widely um, available. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just shows the, the popularity of Diablo. And maybe that is part of the criticism is that it is such a popular game. Yeah. That, that, that is, that's another thing that people like to, you know, they... It's funny, like they talk about like Activision Blizzard as like, especially before like the ABK deal, uh, when you know a lot of this stuff was coming out with like the investigation from California into you know just the workplace environment at Activision. And I remember like a, like one of the criticisms I had like I'd been hearing over and over again was just like they only make a few games and like they only they make like Call of Duty, that's it, and then Blizzard puts out like a game like every decade. And so yeah. like, they're a struggling company, but the thing is like when they put out their games they sell and so it's like it's it's even with the criticisms the people still always show up for their games and so mm -hmm. i think ultimately like and that's I, don't know, I just feel like too with especially with you know the live service thing it's there is i think kind of like a push and pull with live service especially when i think about destiny where you know it's with each content update there's kind of a temperature check with the community as far as how they're going to accept this. And so like with destiny, it'll be like, 
this this expansion uh we hate it then taking king comes oh they fixed it then the next mm-hmm. expansion comes ah we thought it was all right then the next they add a raid and it's like oh the raid was pretty good and then they add this thing oh they ruined it and it just like <laughs> it just it goes through like those waves and i think that's kind of like especially when you have a strong community that is going to be like that is going to be the wave of support and criticism when it comes to live service because you know it's a living body the game is constantly updating and evolving and so people are going to have their opinions on it but the thing is those people are always around to have their opinions on it which means that they're playing the game whether they like it or not um so that's where i guess some of the disconnect can come from people will look at criticism as if that means a lack of engagement or a, like yeah. the engagement is going to fall and it's like no no no, it's just criticism and then when things get good those people will be happy about it like you look at world of warcraft what well, it's been around for like 20 years or so and like there have been dark times and then there have been great times and apparently it's in a good time right now for a game that's been out since like we were kids um and so yeah it's if anything you just kind of learn to ride the wave of live service uh like you know criticism and support um because that's that's literally what it is it's like it's something comes out and it's only going to be in within that moment and so you are kind of a prisoner of the moment of the content update and so as you said we'll get a we'll get a diablo update maybe they'll fix some things people will say it's safe to come outside for the sorceress and then you know all those people who felt you know were I guess jilted by the uh the patch where they nerfed everybody. Now they'll they'll be happy with the game once again. So um and then you know also people will now be informed it was the first season. So there was definitely a lot of criticism about the having to create a new character for the season. But now with every season moving forward, there shouldn't be any question about what's gonna happen unless Blizzard changes that rule. Uh and so at least a more educated community will now, you know, they'll have to find something else to gripe about rather than holding on to something that they didn't, that they apparently didn't know about, even though Blizzard gave us, you know, plenty of time to know what was going on before season one came. Uh, so yeah. I mean, for I'm, me, it's, it's all the people who are like, ah, Path of Exile's better. Uh, play Path of Exile. But they're not playing Path of Exile. <laughs> they're coming over to the Diablo boards to talk about Path of Exile. They keep uh, playing Diablo like, oh, this latest patch ruined it. They nerfed it. It's not playable. It's not viable. Path of Exile's better. You're still playing Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we, we see what all, that should be the most clear-cut case of where talk does not meet action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like just, if folks are just playing Path of Exile, there wouldn't there would there would be a lot less complaining online. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, and that's always the thing is like when people are showing up and complaining, that's because they're engaging with your product. And <laughs> so, uh, if the game was really unplayable, they wouldn't be playing the game. Um, and so yeah, that's why it's it's one of those things. Much like all the other games we talked about, like No Man's Sky. Yeah, like let the people complain, let the developers, you know. Just stick to what they do. They'll get it right, and then people will eventually be like, "Oh, you know, the game really turned around." I like, mm-hmm. I like, I like Cyberpunk now. I also like No Man's Sky. I like this game now. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. You write it out, and then they'll eventually come back. And during that entire time, we were simply just enjoying the game for what it was. Yeah, but up until then, worst game ever. They <laughs> lied to us. Never again. I hope this company goes under. This game should fail. Oh wait, they they added pets. Oh okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny too because like if they hadn't, you know, if they had decided, you know, we're just gonna put out the game 
and then that was going to be the game. And then every now and then we'll release an expansion for it. It's funny. It would have been probably more positive of a reception, but yet you wouldn't be getting these constant updates with like new content, new, like from the battle pass itself. And then from the seasons, but because they keep, you know, giving us new content, people then have to say whether or not they're, they're fans of that season. And what is that? Like a season, what last what like three months? Yeah. Yeah. And so that means that within another three months, people will be once again happy <laughs> with it, yeah. with the game. And so it's you're just riding the wave, but it is what it is. Uh you want to move on to the next? Well everybody's everybody's biding their time for to see if they're gonna be able to slam dunk on the resistance in space. Because Blizzard was like, Yeah, we won't be able to do anything about that until season two. And uh, mm-hmm. season two, well, season two is what we're really, really okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to happen. If, if resistances aren't perfect, come season two, it's like, Oh, they, they took all this time. They still couldn't do it. And Blizzard's lost it. Games, yeah. <laughs> game is two. <laughs> Despite all the cool stuff they'll probably do at the same time. Right yeah, here. yeah. Let's see about this next topic of the week. All right, now we're now we're gonna jump in since you you did the sales numbers. So I got another sales milestone related to the the what you've been playing earlier. Remnant two sells one million copies in the first week. Uh, let me see from the developer to everyone who helped us achieve this amazing milestone. Thank you for your unwavering support. This is a multi-year journey for us, and we couldn't be happier to see fans having such a great time with the game we put our heart and soul into. Uh, Gearbox Publishing, San Francisco, they said Remnant 2 exceeded our expectations. As a commercial and critical hit, we're incredibly proud of the Gunfire team and everyone here at Gearbox Publishing who brought this title to life. As excited as we are, we're incredibly thankful to the Remnant community who supported us in the Gunfire team during development, to the new Remnant fans who joined our community in the past week. You're welcome. <laughs> we're thrilled you joined us on you're this welcome. journey. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Glad I, <laughs> glad I can help move things along up there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I bought it in the first week, so I'm not a part of that million. However, I did purchase the game. So we're working on two million. Is what we're doing and yeah remnant 2 it's i i can't say enough about this game dude it's just so it's so entertaining to me because it's just scratching that kind of multiverse planet hopping itch i have where you know you you watch shows like rick and morty you watch you know the mcu when things are crossing over the different dimensions and the multiverse and going to different planets mm-hmm. you know they they show up like you're dressed as a human but you're on a a planet full of bug people and then you you hang out with them and then you get bug people stuff but made for humans and then you go to another planet where it's like all robots which you got all bug people stuff (laughs) it's that kind of thing so you go to a planet you find a you find a weapon or you find some you find a whole suit of armor that's one thing i really love about the game is that when you go to a planet it's again like the loot is fixed so it's it's not like there's you know, steel armor, iron armor, iron armor, plus two, uh, fire iron armor. Like, it's it's just like a set of armor. You get it, you get the whole set, and it's like one set of armor per level. There might be two, there might be some secret stuff. But in general, on every planet I've been to, I've found about one set of armor. 
And then you can just mix and match your pieces, you know, play around with your weight and your armor. I'm definitely going to need a bit more armor because I'm going up against tougher challenges as I level up. But yeah, man, Remnant, it, it's, it's truly amazing. I love the game. It's, it's just a nice, solid game with solid performance, solid gameplay, tons of content and secrets. Like if you're really into exploring just weird worlds and the experience being slightly different every time you load it up, well, not every time you load it up, but every time you re-roll a map, like this, this is the game that you might be looking for. If you're a fan of Eternal, if you're just a fan of third person shooters, Dark Souls, you know, just going in there, having a blast, making a build, making something work. Remnant 2 is your game. I can't recommend it enough. However, there are some people who who aren't too pleased with this news. There are some people who think Gunfire and Gearbox could have done more. There are some people who are out here trolling. We got Troll of the Week. Troll, troll of the Week. 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 Let me see. So they come in sideways at, at Remnant. They come in sideways at a game that's, that's seen the success that it rightfully earned for being a good game. They're coming for they're coming for the throw. First show says, does that con artist still run Gearbox? <laughs> Obviously referring to your man Randy Pitchford. The magic man. <laughs> the magic man <laughs> with the with the dirty hard drive. <laughs> Oh, the next troll says the game sucks big time. Refunded after half an hour. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can I can see why someone <laughs> might put the game down after the first half hour. I remember the first time I played with um, I played just the first hour. It was on my lunch break. The game had just loaded. I was like, well, let's let's get a little taste. Let's let's make a character. Let's get in there. Let's see what the opening hour is about. I'm playing the game. And, you know, sorry for the spoilers, but early in the game and like, depending on how the first world you go into rolls, you might get hit with a couple of like um, unbeatable situations where you just get killed and it's part of the story. But it can be a bit jarring, especially because they put you in the situation where you're you're fighting and it's like all right i'm in the game i'm playing oh this is too tough what's happening what's happening oh i'm dead but wait i'm not dead now i'm in another place and like it's to me the the force defeat kind of thing it it can be a bit jarring i like it if make an accommodation if i fail but don't put me up against insurmountable odds just so that i die like i'm not going to learn anything that way and that happens very early in the game so you know, somebody might see that break their controller because they're childish and immature and then quit the game. But I recommend that you push at least one or two more hours into the game <laughs> and get past where this person bailed out. And then you'll see something rather interesting and magical start to come together. Like Remnant 2, I can't say enough about it. It's pretty brutal at the outset, but if you just push through that challenge, keep overcoming things, and then as you as you level up, as you gear up, as you as you get your traits tight, you'll begin to get a little bit ahead of the game. And then from there, you know, it just stacks up. Next troll says, character designs, level designs, all awful. Could have been a great game, though. 
IGN awarded Remnant 2 a 9 out of 10. <laughs> Could have been great. Like, what are you talking about? Game is fantastic. Immediately rocketed to my personal game of the year. I would look up some information, but you know what? I'm going to keep it in the pocket. It is a great game. Next Troll says, I paid nothing for the first one, and I felt ripped off. I won't play the second. Now, I don't, I didn't play the first one, so I don't know what issues it may have had. Um, I am aware that the first one did have, you know, some design choices that people weren't too happy about that have been addressed with Remnant 2. Personally, I I love the structure and just the way everything works together in Remnant 2. So if Remnant 1 has any of those systems that are just uh, an odd iteration or just a different design, I can see where things may not be as balanced and comfortable as anyone might like. However, at the same token, you got it for free. You can't get ripped off. If you didn't like it, just stop playing. Don't need your money. Next troll said, never heard of it until now. Just looked at the trailer and I'll pass. Ooh, you need to go to the optometrist, buddy. When I saw the trailer, when I saw the video review, I saw something that's like, okay, I, I might I might keep my eye on this. And then it was only through word of mouth, mouth through trusted sources where I was like, you know what? I think I'm in. And I couldn't be more pleased with my decision to make the jump. So hopefully you have a change of heart down the line. But if you don't, you're just a troll anyway. So you can quit your belly bitching. AMC, how do you feel about the these riveting exposés about Remnant 2? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the it's actually indicative of like a comment that i always say is that like the reason why i it's hard for me to ever come down in, on a game like i can always say that personally i might not be into it why i can't objectively say anything is bad is because if somebody's enjoying it that means it can't be a bad game yeah. <laughs> like, if it was a bad game people would not be having a good time yeah exactly and so you could you could have your criticisms about a game and just say, I have my criticisms. That's why I personally, why I'm out of it. But people act like their criticisms are objective. Like, no, no, my, the reasons why I hate this is why everybody else should hate this. <laughs> but a lot of people are able to overlook certain things as opposed to somebody who is just has to be fixated on one thing. And that's why they can't enjoy a game, i.e. resistances. Um, so yeah. Even like, if that thing like gets taken care of and it's years down the line, it's still, oh, they didn't have that at the beginning at launch so, it should have been there <laughs> so that ruined it for me even to this day it's fixed but still yeah yeah so the people who just got that hate in their heart and so yeah like i look at this and like i'm looking at remnant and i'm totally like yeah like it's not a game for me but as you're saying it's oh like, no it, it's a game for you amc i I'm just dreaming of me, you, and E single running the three man co op team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, it's A dubs. As you said, it's at right now, it's your game of the year. And so Easy. it's like, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to be like, well, you're full of shit, A dubs. <laughs> you're just jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are other people, there are all these trolls that say otherwise. It's like, no, yeah. It's like, it's your game of the year. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so, yeah, it's like, for now, for now. Yeah, but who cares? It was at one point your game of the year. <laughs> like you had played a couple of games Hell that came yeah. out. You played Diablo, you played Jedi Survivor, and you could still say that this game right now is 
currently your game of the year. So that means it's, it's at least it's at least a good game if if it made your game of the year list, even if it made like if you had a top five list and it wasn't number one but it was still in your top five. Oh, that's, that's a good game. <laughs> that's not a bad game. I feel like we should probably take notes about our personal game of the years throughout the year and do like a, a portion of the trolleys like road to game of the year. <laughs> the game of the year race talk about like treated like a horse race so i was like all right first this game came out this one came out from behind and just got in the lead remnant two came now it's beginning or even just like a because we always do the the look ahead at the end of the year um of like games that are announced and what we're anticipating but there's definitely like there should be some type of like you know uh was it retrospective where you just a look back on the year and all the storylines that then led up to the eventual game of the year. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, the waves of like what was going on in the industry, in the community, and then how that all kind of culminated in this one moment. Yeah. That's uh, I'm definitely, I like that idea. And just uh, for the sake of transparency, Remnant 2 sitting at a solid 80 on Metacritic on PC. So it's not yeah. a bad game. Yeah, not a bad game. And yeah, it's oh, I forgot what I was gonna say now. But yeah, in general, that's yeah, it's the comment I always say. If there are people enjoying it, it can't be a bad game. And you can sit there, you can harp on it, blah blah blah, week in and week out. But as I always say, if there's somebody who's playing it and thinks it's an awesome game, it can't be a bad game. <laughs> um and also another thing, like as you pointed out, and it's when we I think we were having our like game of the year like discussions, like they go around like the time like like Zelda came out and like looking ahead at Starfield and yada yada, and it's like it's like kind of like we were just like what what do we anticipate being game of the year? And that's like one of the comments I had made is like it's hard for me to tell because there's always like one or two games that I'm not aware of that just move their move themselves into that like top of the year contender, and it's it's never on that most anticipated games when we do our discussion it's a uh, probably a game that isn't even announced like uh at the at the beginning of the year that can move into that and so yeah it's like um obviously like boulders gate was on our radar and that's going to be a game that's going to be a contender and now like as you said for you at least like as of right now remnant is a contender and it's not a game that we were really discussing at the beginning of the year and so you always have to like before you set like your mind on like Zelda's got to be it or Starfield's got to be it. You always have to keep an open mind to the fact that there might just be a game that comes out of nowhere that, you know, knocks your socks off. Yeah, blows your mind. Blows your back out. (laughs) Blows a load. Yeah. um, And so, yeah, that's the case. And that's great for Remnant and all these people can stop complaining. Want to get into the next topic of the week? Uh, Topic of the week. So we got we got there's a lot of earnings going on right now uh that story with ea and you know learning about that they're going to put out a last gen version of jedi survivor that came out in an earnings call and so just earning seasons and so because of that we also got earnings announcements from nintendo and we learned that they had a huge quarter thanks to tears of the kingdom and super mario bros movie this by way of ign so uh, buckle your seats in because a lot of numbers and reading coming up um the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has sold an impressive 18.51 million units as of the end of June 2023. Reporting its financial results for the three months ending June 30th, Nintendo said Tears of the Kingdom got off to a good start following its launch on May 12th, significantly increasing overall software sales, but also driving sales of the Nintendo Switch, 
In fact, sales of first-party software this quarter reached its highest level for the first quarter since the launch of the Switch in 2017. So basically, Breath of the Wild comes out, they have their best quarter. Tears of the Kingdom comes out, they have their best quarter. I.e., Zelda comes out, Nintendo has a great <laughs> quarter. <laughs> um, but it's not a Zelda game, Adam. Let's yeah. see. Not a Zelda. <laughs> not a Zelda game. Let's see. Zelda wasn't the only big contributor to Nintendo's bottom line. April 5th uh, was the release of Super Mario Bros. movie. was enormous. Nintendo said as of July 30th, a whopping 168.1 million people worldwide have now seen the movie. And as of July 26th, global box office revenue hit $1.3 billion. Um, that's the highest ever for an original film based on a video game and the second highest for an animated film. Motherfuckers like just like, well, why is Sony why, why do they focus on this media? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Nintendo just got a billion dollars out of a video game adaptation to a movie. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if, if if games are getting billions of dollars constantly, then maybe they wouldn't be thinking about putting out a movie based on you know their property um they they should just keep funneling all their money into single player games and never think about (laughs) branching out doing things different expanding their business future proofing their business (laughs) you know leading the market (laughs) as they're known for this dominance that everybody continues to attribute to sony like maybe it's because they make good decisions and do things that we perhaps don't see the utility or the value of presently but down the line they become things that are integral to our lives so maybe everybody's just chill the fuck out and let jim ryan guide the ship Uh, the success of Mario Movie had a knock-on effect of growing sales as Mar- of other Mario games, such as Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Mario Merchandise. The eternally popular kart racer shifted 1.67 million sales during the quarter and has now sold an eye-watering 55 million units. <laughs> 55 mil. The, this is a game that came out on the Wii U, and it's yeah. still it's still just it's still selling millions of dollars every year or millions of units every year. Um, let's see. Uh, the Nintendo Switch sales increased 30.9% year-on-year to 3.91 million units. Uh, software unit sales also increased 26.1. Let's see, the number of um, Nintendo Switch annual playing users between July 2022 and June 2023 was the highest ever, exceeding 116 million users. And as of now, June 30th, the Nintendo Switch has now sold a total of 129 million units. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I know there are a lot of reports that the Switch 2 is coming next year, but it's and hopefully it does come. But it's showing that the momentum is still going strong for Nintendo <laughs> with the with old hardware that <laughs> can't compete. It's still mm-hmm. people are just showing up and buying it. Um, so yeah, what do you? I guess, uh, do you have anything to comment on as far as Nintendo's quarter? Um, we saw the Mario movie that you you started, and we've seen the success of Zelda leading to more Switch sales. Um, it's crazy. It's 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 a whole synergy between its properties and and how they all just you know revert back to the console and moving software. It's it's pretty amazing. They know what they're doing, and people just need to let them keep doing what they're doing. Nintendo always finding some way to innovate, always finding some way to create some product or, you know, 
just materialize it in a way that resonates with its audience with a feeling that that's new and fresh. I mean, if you can keep pushing out the same mascots for the entirety of your tenure within the gaming industry, then you're truly a proper steward of your company's properties, man. It's Nintendo. They're just a model of the way you can do things. People complain about the price. People complain about the lack of power. People show up by the millions to get a copy of Zelda as soon as humanly possible. So, you know, it's, it's just great to see Nintendo continuing to do what they do, especially after coming coming off of that Wii U period where they should just go third party. Microsoft's gonna buy them. It's like, no, nah, Nintendo's here to stay. Just they may miss a step every so often, but that's because they're braving new territory that is yet to be paved. N- Nintendo walked so you could run, <laughs> so Sony and Microsoft could run. When when there was there were two sets of footprints in the sand. And when there was one, it was because Reggie feels I may carry you yes. in, those, in those expressive hands. <laughs> uh, uh, my man. Yeah, I love Nintendo. Like, still not enough to rush out and get that console just yet. Or I am keeping a keen eye on what they're going to be doing going forward, especially when the next console comes out. Ideally, I just need to see this new Metroid Prime. That's been the one thing I've been sitting like, Come on, Nintendo, just just show me something. Give me a vertical slice. I don't give a damn. But I need to see something from that. And that'll be able to, you know, give me an accurate accurate gauge of exactly how much they still got it insofar as my needs. Yes. Nintendo, they're, they're awesome. That's all I gotta say about that. Shigeru Miyamoto killing it with Doug Bowser, the real Bowser. <laughs> No, homie. They got the movie out. I need to go go and uh, start it over because I fell asleep. That's why you don't start movies at three a.m. But you know, I like to go to sleep with with something. I like to go to sleep with something on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm laying on my couch. Yeah. Okay. Let's get right. to the next topic of the week. Top, topic of the week. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get. Into- All right, we're back. Got the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Is it on me or is it on? on you oh, <laughs> i gotta do a quick hit if you want yeah i'm gonna do a quick one very comfortable well baldur's gate 3 is doing very well <laughs> it got its it got its uh bumped up release date on pc um just so much news about that game no review but <laughs> so much news first of all uh people were shocked and dismayed to discover that you can't preload the 122 gig game. Yeah. Uh, Make me download it again. They were also dismayed to discover that their, uh, what is it, their early access or their beta save files wouldn't be able to be used in the final game at launch. Uh, Making me replay the game. (laughs) Making me scrap my character. (laughs) You lied to me. (laughs) But then... You know, the game comes out and apparently everybody rushed to download it so hard that Steam was just having issues. Let me see. Yeah, user reports indicate possible problems at Steam where it, it looks like 4 p.m. I don't know what part of the world this is. When the game came out, the 
the outages spiked tremendously. Like it looks like if Mount Everest was just dropped right next to Los Angeles, <laughs> you have all this flat area and then this gigantic feature. So yeah, that happened. Uh, people were also shocked and appalled, maybe even a little bashful when they discovered that when you go through the character creator, you can hide all of your character's clothes and just gawk at their their naked bodies. <laughs> you know how some people are about that, but apparently yeah, yeah. it's a horny game. And you say it's a horny game. <laughs> and then we we had the interesting question of like, when was the last time we had a horny game? Because I was thinking like Leisure Suit Larry and <laughs> that stuff. Oh, Leisure Suit Larry was so awesome. It's so horny. <laughs> point, point and click like mystery game, but horny. <laughs> was there even nudity in Leisure Suit Larry? I don't think so. And yeah, that was is, the only was reason funny. I was playing. Which is funny because that was the ultimate like OG horny game. And yet I don't think that there was actually nudity in the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gotta get my horny games in. No, but you, you cited some of the, the bigger, more recent horny games <laughs> along this route to the day we finally get Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Which yeah. ones were those? Uh, well, Mass Effect had to walk so Baldur's Gate could run. What else had to walk? Absolutely. So <laughs> all that all that flirting, all that hooking up. Yeah. All that in you window. All that all that Miranda, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all that Miranda to the point where people were upset when they didn't they like take out like an ass shot of Miranda and people were like, What the hell? Uh, it's not my play. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they had what they had the Mass Effect franchise. They also had what the Witcher 3 or mm. the Witcher in general. Have sex on the unicorn, mm. Trish, yeah. topless Trish. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. See, I don't go around looking for horny games anymore. If it's in there, it's a pleasant <laughs> surprise. Oh, a horny game that I remember. It was it was interesting, and it's one I enjoyed the most. Uh-huh. The the saboteur. A horny so, game, saboteur. I didn't. I didn't. It cry. wasn't. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> horny in the sense that there's like you know romance options and a sexual aspect to the game. But I remember when it came out, it there was also another like DLC you could download to make the women at the cabaret or whatever the theater is where the, the women are dancing at the strip club while the Nazis are going, and they were like quietly planning the resistance in the back rooms but yeah you can make all the women topless and i just remember like damn this one is amazing (laughs) because you always had to go like backstage and in there to get to the the secret room and talk to the big boss big Mm. boss in the back but yeah that was a horny game (laughs) witcher there was a recent one i forget uh there's just so many horny games they do it's like kind of hard i mean like persona is kind of a horny game but like really well all that dating and well they're young they're young so they can only go so far with their horniness but yeah um well there are other other japanese franchises that yeah 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 exactly (laughs) um yeah, so yeah, it's great. People got their horny game slash it's also a great RPG on top of that. So it's not also also a great RPG to the tune of five hundred seventy-one thousand concurrent players on Steam with the numbers still going up. And this mm-hmm. is as of a couple days ago. So Baldur's Gate is just setting the world on fire. And 
had a long time to just simmer and, and cook <laughs> with all that that early access. They gave it all the time they needed, and they put together what is shaping up to be something that just might be truly amazing. Just might deliver some upsets at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. AMC, a a dub, not necessarily jumping in terribly soon. But let me see. I mean, it's I, just, I, it's one of those things like you just know with a Larian game in general, like you, you're going to be devoting <laughs> a while to playing those games, especially if you want to like actually take in everything that the game has to offer. And so it's just like one of those ones where you just, you got to clear the schedule before you jump in yeah. on one of their games. <laughs> and speaking of Larian's games, uh, there's a headline where Baldur's Gate three developer larian will definitely make a divinity original sin sequel but not before will or Ray. uh the quote goes on to say it's divinity original sin our own universe we built so we're definitely going to get back there at some point we will get back there at some point we'll first finish this one right now and then take a break because we need to refresh ourselves creatively also you're seeing 400 developers putting their heart and souls into this you're getting the best of them and their craft into this game and so i can tell you it's quite a thing <laughs> yeah larry put in an unbelievable amount of work in the Baldur's gate three and i cannot imagine how divinity original sin three is going to benefit from just can you imagine how much they leveled up as developers making this game <laughs> well yeah especially because of the whole uh like was it um not voice, act, not voice <laughs> acting but uh the fact that they're doing like you know character like more close-up character animations as opposed to like you know that that zoomed out viewpoint oh cut scenes basically well whether in engine or anything but there's actual performances it's yeah like there's performance level. yeah exactly and so like that i think that that from a presentation standpoint is just going to take their games to a whole new level yes um so yeah it's it's great it's great because those local yeah. performances are off the wall like it's it sounds so epic every word is just the most epic shit you ever heard even if you're talking to a mouse or you're talking to like some crazy lady in the back alleys but it's with that visual presentation, oh man, it's they're about to be on a whole new level. Like Larian, Larian's gonna start acquiring studios pretty soon. <laughs> Shoot, I, I see them going very far. And don't get me started if they ever do a sci-fi, like cyberpunk type tactical turn-based RPG with this much attention to detail and all the different. Oh my god, ah, just thinking about it, it's it's, it's making my heart hurt that. It might be a very long time before we get something like that. But AMC, you got any quick hits? Uh, yeah, let's see. Resident Evil 2 Remake is now the best-selling game in the series. Uh, the, the company, that being Capcom, has updated its list of platinum titles. Those selling over a million units following its latest financial report. Back to that earnings A-dub. For a long time, Resident Evil 7 was the top Resident Evil game, but it's now been overtaken by Resident Evil 2 Remake and has sold 12.6 million units to Resident Evil's 12.4 million units. Uh, Community... <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil remains Capcom's top franchise with 146 million units sold across all games. However, Monster Hunter World remains the company's best-selling game with 19 million units. Um and it's followed by Monster Hunter Rise, 13.2 million. So, Monster Hunter Resident Evil killing it, but Monster Hunter 
is kind of becoming the flagship <laughs> series mm-hmm. for Capcom. That's um, wild. Yeah, and Monster Hunter Rise is what launched on Switch and then eventually got ported, and so and it's still the the second best selling game for Capcom outside of Monster Hunter World. So yeah, not not bad. People didn't complain when it was held back by old hardware. Uh, <laughs> Still showed up and bought it. Um, yeah, yeah, not bad. Uh, and we're seeing it there. I know people are like remakes, but people show up and buy them. They're gonna keep giving you them. So <laughs> don't buy them, and maybe they won't give you more remakes. But by all accounts, people have been liking these Resident Evil Evil remakes. At least um, they've all done really well critically and they've kind of now become you know the de facto way to play those games because of just the fact that those old games had the tank controls and were just locked uh, in, in that old hardware style of gameplay now it's been updated the controls are a lot better a lot of quality of life improvements and so yeah it's it's showing in the sales and uh, i'm not going to knock anybody who enjoyed it and played this remake do you have any uh any other quick hits a all out my good man all right well do you have any final words before we get out of here you know, I, I think I'll go out on a whimper this time. Oh yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna whimper for us. <laughs> yeah, as I as I play Remnant Two, having all my childhood fantasies fulfilled. Yes, yes. Planet hopping, just space rifles. <laughs> Got a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, man, awesome. running, running up and just pounding somebody with an axe. <laughs> Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, it's <laughs> dude, when you I, you gotta play it one day. It just when you do, it's just gonna make so much sense. It's like, oh man, this, uh, yeah. I'm going out with the river. I'm thinking about nothing but remnant right now. Yeah, it's great, man. You got a game that you love, and that's all we ever hope for. Yeah, not, not that play game that I can hate on and tell everybody about. It. Well, a dub. This is control issues. I see. Thanks for